Hello, folks, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Fourth and Goal podcast, where we talk all things Alabama football. I am here, my co-host, Taylor Thompson. We are in now 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Taylor. What's going on? Happy New Year, y'all. Welcome back. Our first episode of 2021. I mean, who's just happy to be out of 2020 in general? And we have a lot to look forward to. Starting with Monday, we got the natty. And that is how we're going to kick off 2021, people. It's going to be beautiful. Yes, that is correct. And how we got to the national championship is how we're going to start the show with Alabama-Notre Dame. Alabama-Notre Dame happening in the Rose Bowl. And a weird setting for the Rose Bowl actually happened in AT&T Stadium down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, let's start with that. I thought it was awesome. I thought the production value of the Rose Bowl in Texas I thought it was going to be a little weird at first, like first looking back at the at the original decision. But after seeing it, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I loved it. Like, and honestly, now that it was there, I would be okay with it staying there. You know, like mm. I, I said, the production of it, like, and then too, I mean, just for the shooter, like you can't, like you needed fans for this game. You know what I mean? Like it was just necessary. It was a necessary choice and move. And it turned out well. And the game itself was just so entertaining to watch. Like, I mean, just because on the sense of when do we not love a Bama domination? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was, a, it was a good time. It was one of those games where you weren't really nervous. You know what I mean? It was just a good Bama win making your way to the national championship. Yeah. You know, it was a great – it was fun to watch because – we were dominant. The score really didn't show it. It was kind of weird. You kind of look at the scoreboard and you're like, aren't we up like 60 to four or something, you know, like some ridiculous scoreboard, but it's actually 31 to 14. Um, But nonetheless, domination really good. So let's dive into the stats. Um, Mac Jones, 25 for 30, 297 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, it's what it's what you expect from him. You know what I mean? He's awesome. He's been this way all season. I mean, we've never said one bad thing about him throughout this podcast last few months. I mean, this is who he is as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, listen, Mac is, Mac is not the most athletic by any means, not the most talented, but kid can sling it. He's smart and he knows the offense. And right. Honestly, that's what a successful quarterback needs to be. Look at Tom Brady. Look at Drew Brees. Look at guys like that who are never physically there but are so smart with the game that they can just right. be successful. Um, that's exactly what Mac was and is. Uh, I really loved what he said after the game where they were kind of talking to him more about, obviously, before – you know, we know the Heisman now, and we'll talk about that later. But before the Heisman Trophy came out, they were they were asking, you know, what what made you a Heisman candidate? And he was just like, listen, like I have good athletes around me and I just try to make the right decisions. Like, I love that. I think that's the best answer. He just like, that's what he does. He works hard. He makes good decisions and lets the team play around him. He's humble. Like he's very that. humble. Yeah. He's a good kid. Um, on the other side of the ball, Ian Book, pretty good. You know, 27 for 39, one interception, 229 yards, but no touchdowns. Um, Not bad. I mean. He, yeah. I'm trying to think of kind of how to describe it. He played, he played decent. Uh, He was getting pressured a lot and, you know, he was very fidgety in the pocket when that happened. But. You know, he did lead them down the field several times. I mean, he didn't look bad. Again, I I thought Notre Dame played pretty well, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I, I didn't think they were going to score that much. I didn't think they were going to hold us to 31. So you got to give them props. Um, yeah. He had a rushing touchdown. It, you know, it wasn't a bad game for them. And I don't – and I think the people who are saying Notre Dame didn't deserve to be there over Texas A&M is – probably a little wrong just because they didn't play bad and just no. they're not they're not that next there's three we've talked about this on this podcast for ever there's a right. top tier and then there's everybody else and the top tier is the three te- three other teams over in the playoffs well and that's the thing people have to remember with this game is like you're saying Notre Dame did not play bad I mean they played a good game I mean they it wasn't bad it's just not Alabama it's like you knew going into that game they weren't going to beat us 
because right. it's just not the same level of playing, which is fine. I mean, they're still a good team. They're just not Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Well, I guess it's hard to say about Clemson right now, but <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that. But let's uh let's get back. Uh, Najee Harris played a great game. Probably one of the most impressive athletic plays I think I've ever seen in a football uh, game. Yeah. <laughs> that man jumped over a six foot tall man with full football pads on and then continued to run for another 45 yards. That was insane. You and know, can he, you imagine like, the guy that he jumped over, you know, he probably just like went home after that game and was like, I'm just going to go ahead and retire. This is probably the end for me. <laughs> yeah. That's your, that's your fifth Heisman finalist, by the way. Yeah. The guy that jumped over a grown man in football pads, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, yeah. but the running backs had a good game. Mac, B. Rob, you know we didn't run it a lot. Najee had 15 carries for 125 yards. Um, None were really near the end zone. We kind of torched their secondary, and that's how we scored a lot of our points, um, or all of our points for that matter. So, yeah, yeah, great game for them. I think they're going to be big against Ohio State coming up. Oh, for sure. Um. But, again, our, there's nothing to worry about about our running backs. They get the job done. They run hard. Our offense, you just – I mean, you know, it's the same thing we've said the whole time. You can't touch them. Yeah. Um, Alabama receiving. Let's go to Devontae Smith, and we'll not, we're not going to reveal anything yet. I mean, you probably already know listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. but. At the time you hear this podcast, you might know anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll just say it. Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, seven receiving yards, 130 – or seven re- receptions, 130 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. So deserving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll get our – you'll get our reaction in part two to the Heisman because there's a lot to break down from that in the ceremony last night and everything. But um, he, the kid can fly. He's just yeah. so smooth. He's a great athlete. and. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. I, I mean, there's nothing bad to say about this kid. I mean, he's seriously care. I mean, he, he did, he's a Heisman winner. He carried our team. Yeah. He really but, did. Yeah, I mean, and to continue with our receivers, I mean, we were throwing it all over the yard. Devontae mm-hmm. Smith, seven receptions. John Mechie, three receptions for 53 yards. Billingsley with four receptions, 39 yards, one touchdown. Miller Forrestal had three receptions for 31 yards. Najee had four receptions for 30 yards. Slade had two receptions for 22 yards. Like, we were just out here slinging it. I know. And that's Mac- why, like we were saying, the score just doesn't even represent what we were doing on the field. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, no fumbles for us, which is good. No turnovers for us. That's always good. Love to protect the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, defense, I was, I felt good about our defense. Um, you know, their scoring came, I, I thought their scoring was pretty decent. I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel pressured. If that yeah. makes sense. Like there was never a time where I was worried. Um, you know, they, they scored. That was it. They just, they scored, but we played good defense, and that's that's what we need to do. We we pull up in good spots. I mean, they scored scored late in the second half, and they scored late in the fourth quarter. Well, and you know, holding a team at two touchdowns that's not that's bad. good defense. I mean, people score; it's football, you know. Like, so yeah. I mean, our defense holding the two touchdowns is. It, not I mean, bad it was really one. They scored a garbage touchdown in late right. fourth quarter with no one in. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's good defense. It's good defense. Yeah. Simple as that. Um. And we also had an interception. Uh, Christian Harris had an interception. I just want to put it on record. And Taylor hasn't been around me since I've done this. But since the Kentucky game, every game I've said, who wants the turnover belt? And we've intercepted it on the next play. And I did that again. <laughs> so I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying there's something going on here. I think you're taking a little bit of credit. No, I'm not taking credit at all. I'm just a superstitious person. And I like – I don't want credit for this. This is just, I think it's a weird anomaly and it, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, maybe I won't say it in the Ohio State game. I'm just kidding. I'm definitely saying oh, that in the Ohio State game. No. No. Yeah, see, oh, see, see, I can't take credit for it. But if <laughs> I say I'm not going to do it, Taylor's like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> you put it in the universe. Everyone knows if you put something out there, it's out there. Yeah, we'll watch now. I said it, so I, it's not going to happen anymore. But hey, you just stop talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, um, yeah, defense played well. Defense played well. I'm excited to see them against Justin Fields. Um, Maybe an injured Justin Fields, and we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. And um, finally, Will Reichert, my man. Perfect. I love to talk about it. <laughs> he, I just love the kid. He's, he's good. He's good. He, and yeah. we're blessed. We're we are blessed. We are blessed with kicking this year. And that is why we've gone as far as we have. <laughs> so uh, give me your three stars for the game real quick. So we can, we'll go on to the next one after that. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. My three stars don't never change with us. I mean, it's just Matt, Devontae, Najee. I don't know how it could not be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Mac, Devontae, and I'm going to give Christian Harris a little love with the, with the defensive turnover. See, and that's the thing about this is, like, Christian Harris definitely, like, played good and deserves it. But it's, like, how do I not say Najee? He does so yeah. much, you know? <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to say Najee because I feel like the more the media disrespects him, the better he continues to play. So you're going to disrespect him. Okay. If it makes him – like, listen, if it, if it makes him play well, do you blame me? I'm not disrespecting him. I think he had a great game. I'm just, like – the more the media doesn't talk about him and puts him in lower spots, he continues to do ridiculous feats of athleticism that we've never seen before. Right. Okay. Like, literally, he came in fifth in the Heisman voting. He jumped over a grown man. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was a cornerback. Like, no, that dude was 6'2", and he was a linebacker, and he was stocky. And, and he did it with ease, too, is what was funny. I mean, watching that was insane. I just – I was watching it with my dad, and we had – some friends over, obviously COVID friendly, but we had some Notre Dame fans and we had some Clemson fans and it, it was all crazy, but I'm sitting here and I like literally got up to get a drink and I turned back around and everybody's just going, Oh my God. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, I can't even fathom what just like, even the Notre Dame fans that were here were like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Insane. So, you know, not sure. Um, and if my internet will load, we're going to go to the next game. But Spectrum, got to love it. Mm, the next game. So, yeah, let's get initial thoughts on Ohio State Clemson. It was really sad. It was one of those games for me. I just kept watching it, and I'm like, Clemson's going to come back. I mean, like, here we go. And it, it's like as the game went on, they just got worse. <laughs> like, it was so – it was just sad to watch. I guess I'm saying this because, I mean, everyone knows, no secret, I've always been a Clemson fan my whole life. So, like, if they're not playing Bama, I root for them. So, that was pretty sad. And it was just depressing because they just – they were so bad, Brandon. Like, it was a bad game. And Justin Fields had an incredible game. <laughs> like, yeah. he was insanely amazing. <laughs> Justin Fields balled. Like, yeah, balled completely out. Completely balled out. Like, Trevor anyone who was doubting – Justin Fields, boom. Not anymore. Yeah. Bald. <laughs> Dude, bald. Um, and speaking of bald, Justin Fields, 22 for 28, 385 yards, six touchdowns. Six. Are you yeah. kidding me? Now, I will preface this with Clemson's starting play-calling linebacker went out probably middle of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And – Ohio State scored most of their points in the second quarter. Right. Late second quarter. I'm not saying Ohio State Ohio State played great, and I'm not making excuses. I just want to – that was another thing, and we saw that in the Notre Dame game. When he went out and he didn't play in the Notre Dame game, Clemson got walloped. Right. So, I, listen, this is not taken away from Justin Fields because Justin Fields scored 14 points in the first quarter and 14 points in the second half. So, they would have won the game regardless. Um. No, they wouldn't have, actually. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Regardless, Justin Fields had a great game. Trey Sermon had a great game with 193 yards and one touchdown. Um, he's a baller, too. He's a great running back. Yeah. And their best receiver, Chris Olave, six receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, they, they sling it. They sling it, and they got some weapons on the outside. No, they really do. It was – Oh, what did you think? We got to talk about that hit Justin Fields got. Um, so I – and I said this when it happened, and I think it is targeting. I think it is too. Like, I mean, I watched the play multiple times, and 
there's just no way around it. I definitely think it was targeting. I think it's unfortunate. I think the first thing is targeting needs to be changed in college football because mm-hmm. obviously he's not launching with it. Like he, he is trying to make a tackle. And as Justin Fields is going down, he can't lift up. So he's trying to go lower. Right. So he doesn't hit Justin Fields in the head, which to his credit is the right thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Did he launch with his head? Yes. Is that yeah. against the rules? Yes. yes. The targeting yeah. penalty needs to be changed because yeah. there needs to be intent. Like if kids coming across the middle, someone jumps with their head, hits them square in the head. It looks mm-hmm. pretty like he didn't try to avoid anything. Yeah. 15 yards, kid's gone. Right. If it's a play like that, 15 yards, keep him in the game. Like he's not trying to hurt. He was not trying to hurt Justin Fields. I understand. Situation. I mean, you saw like after the game, you literally came up to him and they like had like a bro moment about it, you know? Yeah. And it was like, it it is like, it's one of those things like legally in the rules, it definitely was targeting, but like it it shouldn't have been, you know? Yeah. That's where the rule needs to change um, because that he's a great linebacker. He really didn't deserve to leave the football game. But you can tell just looking at that hit, that was rough. Yeah, like, he Fields. was in some serious pain after that. Yeah, I, well, it'll be interesting, and it's kind of weird. It's kind of funny, because, and we'll talk about this later, but we'll give you a little preview. Both Alabama and Ohio State are playing this little, like, injury standoff. Like, it looks like if you watch The Office, like, Michael Scott and Andy and and Dwight, when they play that, like, murder mystery mm-hmm. game, they're all just, like, standing in the conference room at the end. Um because no one really knows how healthy or not healthy Justin right. Fields is, and no one has any idea how healthy or unhealthy Jalen Waddle is. Right. So it's going to be interesting. But let's get back to Ohio State Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a great game, too. 33 for 48, 400 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, you know, his O-line did not help him at all. Well, and poor thing. I mean, the later the game went on, he just he didn't have any opportunity. I mean, the Ohio State's defense was just coming at him nonstop. Like, yeah. he barely had, you know, any chance to do anything. It was – I felt bad for him. I really did. I mean, he still had a great game. He's Trevor Lawrence. He's a great player. But I just hate that he went out like that. And it's like he didn't even have a chance. He did, yeah, he didn't deserve to go out like that. And you know me. I'm not the Trevor Lawrence sympathizer like Taylor. But um, – <laughs> He didn't deserve to go out like that. Arguably yeah. one of the better college football players of all time. Um, but it, it really came down to they couldn't, you know, they manned up Travis Etienne. He couldn't go anywhere. Um, so it really came down to a one-dimensional game. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Lawrence he doesn't have as many weapons and doesn't have the better best line. Right. Um and that's what it came down to. I mean, Ohio State just dominated the offensive lines and the defensive lines, and they won the football game. Um, again, Trevor Lawrence had one fumble, one interception. Yeah, it just – it wasn't good. And, you it know, it makes you, it makes you think a little bit, too, because Ohio State's defense, I mean, it got to the point they were just running through the O-line. Like, Trevor had no shot. And so oh, – we got to play them on Monday. You know what I mean? And like, you don't need their defense just plummeting back every five seconds. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think our offensive line is a little bit better in Clemson's. Yeah. Um, defensive line. I'm a little worried about because their offensive line is good. What our defensive line is also really good. I think it'll be interesting. I think it's a good battle. Listen, I mean, Ohio state dominated Clemson's office offensive line, but we saw that in the, you saw that in the Notre Dame game, too. I mean, Notre Dame is the team that can dominate both sides, both lines of scrimmage, and right. they did, and they beat Clemson. And maybe – I don't know. I mean, the ACC went own six in bowl games this year. Maybe the oh. ACC just wasn't good. Right. We didn't have interconference play. We didn't. And you could, top to bottom, they lost bowl games. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just built each other up and – got in the playoffs and credit to them. They did. They got, they got blown out. So it'll be interesting. I liked how Ohio state played. I liked how we played. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a ball game. These are two teams who, I mean, just based on this past Saturday watching them, I mean, they deserve to be in the spot and it's going to be a showdown. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be an absolute ball game. Um, All right. Really quickly. 
we're going to go through our bowl picks. Um, we're not really going to talk much about the games, just more so who won, who lost, what we lost, what we liked. Let's be real. What really matters now is the natty, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so last week, or not last week, but throughout the bowl season, mm-hmm. Taylor went 9-12. and 12, I went 16-5. and five. Really um, like it sounds. <laughs> you know, it was kind of weird. There was a lot of games in here that there were teams that were good on paper mm-hmm. and then just got their butts absolutely handed to them. Yep. So uh, let's go through it. Um, we had UCF and BYU. I think we both took BYU here. Uh, we did. Yeah. So that's a win for us. Um, and that was really the start of it. Then Memphis, FAU, we both had Memphis. That was a win. Houston, Hawaii. Hawaii came out big in this one. And not to mention, this was a great game because it was Christmas Eve. And Houston wore their all-red jerseys. Hawaii wore their all-green jerseys. It was visual spectacles. Fantastic. Um, Marshall and Buffalo. Buffalo got the win here. That I don't want to talk about that game. I yeah. lost a lot of money on that game. It was really frustrating. Are you serious? No, not really. But it was just <laughs> annoying. Because um, I thought Marshall was good. Yeah, same. But, I mean, we yeah, we both picked that. Yeah, they were ranked at some point, but it is what it is. Uh, Louisiana, UTSA, Louisiana thumped them. Mm-hmm. Um, Liberty and Coastal Carolina. I took Liberty. You took Coastal Carolina. This was a brawl. Liberty almost lost the game. It was great. It was a good game. I thought it was interesting. Both are really good teams. Yeah. Not much to complain about there. Uh, Georgia State, Western Kentucky. Taylor had Western Kentucky. I had Georgia State. George- Taylor couldn't take Georgia State. I kind of, but you know what? Who even cares? I mean, does anyone no. care that Georgia State beat Western Kentucky? Or no, no. Whatever. But now we're getting into some somewhat better, meaningful games. Um, oh. I took Oklahoma State for my sister against Miami. Uh, they beat Miami. That's a win. Go Thank Pokes! You. Again, ACC not very good this year. Yeah, solid point. Uh, Texas beat Colorado pretty handedly, and then fired their coach after. And we'll talk about that in part two. Yeah. We both had Texas. Uh, Wisconsin gets the win. Again, ACC garbage conference. Right. Uh, Florida played Oklahoma, and Oklahoma embarrassed them on national television. Yeah. Poor Florida. Do you remember, like, a few months ago, and we were like, dang, Florida is such a good team this year, a team to beat. Hmm. <laughs> I, I felt bad because there was a lot of opt-outs for Florida. Um, yeah. But I also didn't feel bad because all of the people who said, oh, Kyle Trask is better – like, Mac right. Jones just has – Mac Jones is only good because of his weapons, and Kyle Trask does it all. And then, like, all three of his wide receivers opted out, and he couldn't do anything. And I was like, really? Yeah. Like, oh, interesting. Kyle Trask. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mississippi State and Tulsa. Did you see the end of this game? Mm-mm. There was an absolute – you need to watch the video. There was a huge fight at the end of the game. Uh, punches thrown, benches clearing, kids were stomping on other people's chests. A Tulsa player had to be carried off the field after it was. Oh my gosh. And not a good look for Mississippi State. And mm-hmm. Coach Leach didn't make the situation any better when after the game, the reporter was like, Coach Leach, what are you going to say to your players after this like embarrassment? And he was like, don't do it again. I was like. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're like. Uh, yeah, because that shows them. Just like, you know, when you tell, like, a child, oh, don't do that again, they immediately do it again, you know? Right. <laughs> Hell State. Go State. Uh, Ball State and undefeated San Jose State. San Jose State got embarrassed. I don't like my picks for this. Like, I'm not enjoying looking back at this very much. Uh, it was just a weird bowl season. Uh, there was some shifting around. Army played West Virginia in a good game. West Virginia won. TCU Arkansas got canceled. Obviously, we talked about the playoff games. Georgia squeaked one out against Cincinnati and then proclaimed just JT Daniels oh. as next year's Heisman, even though he had one touchdown. Now, that game I watched to its fullest, and I was just so – I mean, it was one of those, like, situations. Like, it, it was a wild win for them, okay? I mean, like, the end when it just happened. Like, it was cool or whatever, and I hated every second of it. I just hated the Georgia fans on Twitter after acting like they just Georgia, won the national championship. Georgian fans are the worst. They They're are. The worst. They They're really the are. 
There's like, nothing worse than a George fan. You know what? I'm, I could go on. They were already calling themselves like next year's Natty Champs with JT Daniels being the Heisman. I was like, dude, he only had one touchdown. I'm like, let's relax. He played Cincinnati. Yeah. I'm like, in your a not so great Cincinnati good. team. Yeah. And you also were down, what? They were down. They four they, going into halftime and then had to go in their locker room and decide they were going to start playing in this yeah. game. They, they like, almost didn't win. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. Uh, Auburn got their butts kicked by Northwestern. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they also hired a terrible coach. And, right. Auburn. Um, let's see. Texas A&M squeaked one out against North Carolina. Yeah. Early. ACC, bad. <laughs> My Cyclones won. Yay! We Iowa State. Iowa State, and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm taking a road trip there. Why? I don't know, but well, I'm going what, to. Tell me what's in Iowa, Brandon. <laughs> no clue, but I'm going to Iowa State for, at one point for a football okay. game. Okay. Uh, Ole Miss beat Ohio State's best win this year. Yeah. Indiana by six. Ole Miss is Definitely. five and five. Um. I'm pretty sure I probably picked Indiana. We both did. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, one win that you did get right, which is absolutely ridiculous that you did, but NC State and Kentucky, Taylor took five and six – or four and you six know, Kentucky over NC State, who was eight and three and ranked 23rd in Kentucky. And you know I watched this whole game, okay? It was – it was kind of brutal, but they pulled it off. <laughs> so you're just sitting there, and I was like, I just can't believe you got this right. Like, Kentucky had no business, A, being in a bowl game because they were under 500, B, winning the bowl game. But, again, ACC, bad at football. So well, And, okay, give me something. Did you see the rest of my picks this week? Clearly, yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't do well. But it's fine. Just remember when I knew before. Okay, the few weeks before when I was, like, on top. Okay, let's just think about that. Yeah. Well, we did some math after that few weeks before, and I believe the final records put me two wins ahead of you. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, and seeing as you would have to pick Ohio State. Time for this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is it for part one. That is it for bowl season. We have one more college football game left. It is the national championship between Ooh. Alabama and Ohio State. Um, so we'll be back with part two. Of course, college football news. We've got a lot to talk about. So stick around. And we will be right back on the 4th and Gold podcast. Hi, this is Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, and I love 90.7, the capstone. Welcome back, y'all. We're back to part two of the 4th and Gold podcast. Just kind of here to talk about all the latest, the greatest, funniest college football news. So just dive right on in, I guess, starting with our home team, Bama. We're losing our OC, Brandon. How do you feel about it? He's moving. He's leaving. He's moving on to head coach at Texas. Happy for him. You know, we'd love to see a head coaching position for anyone. But what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks to see Sark go because obviously our defense – or sorry, our offense has been so dominant in the past few years. Um, but listen, this is how it goes. I mean, this is how it is at Alabama. You, you, they come in. They get a good job under Saban. They work hard. Uh, to Sark's credit, he came from a very dark, bad place when he came in. He made the most out of it. He took over. Um, he brought us to a good place. He's still coaching in the national championship. Um, good for Sark. I think mm-hmm. he got a good job. You can't turn down a Texas head coaching job. It's too big of a market, um, too big of a program. But this is how it goes. We will, of course, bring in more people and do the best we can. So I'm happy for him. Also, we play them in a home-and-home in 2022, so don't think you escaped us, Sark. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you soon. Yeah, Um, but no, it's a a good job for him. I think he'll be a good rival uh, to Lincoln Kelly in the Big 12. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see his offensive firepower in that kind of conference and see how they can do. So Definitely, yeah. It'll be interesting. That's on that topic, then. Who are you thinking is going to be his replacement? Um, you know, there's a lot of names out there, including the offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Galen from the Dolphins, who I believe resigned today. Mm-hmm. Um, he won, who was in the running for NFL Assistant Coach of the Year. So I, that wouldn't be a bad hire. Um, 
I think there's also some other former NFL coaches that are out there, including Jets former head coach Adam Gase. Um, this was he's in the running, and I know a lot of Alabama fans have spoke out against it. Um, but you got to remember, listen, when we hired Sark, he was, you know, zero and three, fired Atlanta Falcons coach, down right. on his luck, not right. great. Nope. And we brought him in and look at his net. Look at him now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So listen, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that we can get, but I think the biggest message out of this hiring process is trust Saban. He's done this before. He'll do it again. Right. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really hate anyone who would come in. I, I mean, we also have to keep in mind as long as we have Saban, we would never get a bad coach. You know, he's right. not going to hire someone he doesn't believe in. And if Nick Saban believes in him, I do too. <laughs> Yeah, and I also don't hate going the route of former NFL coach because I think it also helps with recruiting um, because we can say, you know, listen, we have a guy here who was in the NFL. He knows what's going on there. Like, yeah, he wasn't successful, but he knows what happens in the league. Like, even an unsuccessful NFL coach is still pretty good. So, like, he's going to get you prepared, and I think that's going to help him recruiting. So, I don't hate the direction we're going, and I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, um, in other news, last night, the Heisman Trophy ceremony happened, and Devontae Smith, congratulations for winning the 2020-2021 Heisman Trophy. So deserving. Like, there's just – I just think he was the most deserving player. I mean, me and you said it this whole time. You know, I mean, Devontae was who we wanted to get it. It was like we thought it could be Mac, you know, because quarterback wouldn't have been upset if it was Mac. But Devontae, I think, 100% deserved this. He has been outstanding this year. I think he's humble. He's great to watch. I think he's – just happy like he's just like watching him last night it was just so sweet yeah I think one of the best things to come out of this is the story behind it and the kid behind the award um Devontae is such a hard worker he came back for a senior season this year uh because he felt like there was some unfinished business for him right um he worked hard and to credit to him he he won an award that normally never goes to a wide receiver right and and he did it and I think his speech last night showed it all it was short it was humble and it was all about thanking people around him Mm -hmm. um and it it just couldn't go to a better kid and the emotion from his hometown the watch party last night was great I just the the reaction from Mac and coach and I don't know if you noticed but I think most of the team was or a lot of the team was in that room as well because it was the meeting room. I think they were back there. Um, and just the eruption of them and, you know, the funny stuff that came out of it, like Mechie in the back screaming, speech, speech. It, it was it was all great. Awesome. I, I really loved it. Um, I think yeah, it, it went to the right person. Absolutely. Um, and, and listen, this is – I'll say this. If this was a legacy award – or Trevor a career Lawrence. award. It's Trevor Lawrence all, all day. I think if he plays all the games this year, um, it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And for the people that are upset that Trevor Lawrence didn't win it, I get it. Um, but you got to also remember there are plenty of people, quarterbacks, all-time greats in the league. Don't and, get it. In college football. Incredible, yeah. Right. There's a lot of people who haven't won that award. I mean, listen – Again, my argument's always been, and I said this this year, if it's a legacy award, Tua would have won it last year. Simple Mm -hmm. as that. You know, but it's not. It's a season award, and it is what it is. So um, I think Mac, I'm surprised he finished behind Trevor, but I get it. Um, But also the story on Mac was awesome yesterday. His reaction yesterday, I think Mac was more excited to hear Devontae's name than he would have been if he heard his. No, I definitely agree with that. Like, Mac was out of his seat before Devontae was. <laughs> and which, that's why I think that's so sweet, too. You know, you just look at the offense, their friends, they cheer on each other. It's just – that's I feel like that's why we win, too. You know what I mean? Because we're just such a team. Yeah. And like and we're such a team to win football games, and we do that. Yeah. And I, I just loved how humble they were. I mean, it was it, it was all awesome. I, I Credit to ESPN for how they did the show yesterday. I thought the production value was very good in a tough situation, obviously. Um, it was all great, and Coach Saban tearing up was pretty good. Yeah. I uh, love Saban actually shows emotion, <laughs> aside from being mad. <laughs> it was just – it was one of those 
you know, sometimes there, there's, I think there's two times, two types of Heisman Trophy ceremonies. There's the type where, um, like a Jameis Winston type, where you think he, pro- he definitely deserved it, and it's like hype. Like everybody's hyped for him. There's not a lot of, it, there's not a lot of like crying, not crying, but you know what I mean, like somber emotions. There's right. a lot of like excited and happy, and there's that elated part, um, which is great. But I also that you know you go back to like Joe Burrow's speech last year that was super emotional, super deep, and I thought that was more what Devontae was this year. And it was short, it was sweet, it was emotional, and it was very thankful. And I think that right. shows not only how great of a football player and a man Devontae is, but just the humbleness of him and the team. I thought it was a great representation and a great ceremony yesterday. Oh, definitely. Um, it, it went to who it, sh- who, who it should have went to for this season. Like you said, I hate it for Trevor, but this is a seasonal award. It's about how you did the season, not how you did overall, you know? So yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was deserving I, and I'm super happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think Alabama should have just had Najee sit in too. Yeah, that's a hard one. I, I I hate it for him, you know. Well, okay, Kyle Trask had 112 first-place votes, and Najee had 82, so. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, and speaking on that, I just wanted to talk a little bit. I know we're not an NFL podcast, but we are a football podcast. Just thinking – not ranking where they're going to go, but from an Alabama player perspective, I want to rank – where we think like the top let's go top like six like draft order for top six players of Alabama coming out okay like who do you think gets drafted first who's the best player I'm I think Najee or Devontae okay yeah I I I think I'm probably gonna put Waddle up there with Devontae, just because I think wide receivers are such a big part of the NFL. I almost forgot about him. Speaking of, you know, there's some little speculation he might play in the Natty. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in part three Okay. in the Natty preview. I know. I'm excited, too, <laughs> and I wanted to put it in part two, and I originally had it in part two, and I was like, no, nah, we're going to keep our listeners on the edge. All right. On the edge. But, yes, no, I agree. Um, You kind of forget about him, but he is that talent. He yeah. is that talented. He is. And then I had Patrick Sertain somewhere in there because defense wins championships and people need defense, and he's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, and then I had, you know, Mac and Najee somewhere in there too. Yeah, I would put Mac in there. I don't – he wouldn't be like – I would definitely put other people before him. Yeah, I, I could definitely see Mac Jones as like a – as like the Patriots quarterback. Yeah. Like Bill Belichick just like sit in the pocket. Bill Belichick just – it's it's like his mind and Bill Belichick's mind at the same time. Like, done. Hey, you done. know, maybe my my Falcons will get one of them. You know, since we're so bad, we'll be one of the first, you know, draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People have been saying that the Jets are going to get Justin Fields and Chris Olave, but people are also saying that the Dolphins will get Devontae Smith and Najee Harris. So I may or may not be a Dolphins fan next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Um, yeah, so that's it for part two. Not a lot of news. Um, there's still some head coaching jobs out there. I can't believe Tennessee still has their head coach. Um, (laughs) I know, but here we are. Jim Harbaugh got extended by Michigan, which just baffles me. Um, but yeah, there's not much going on. I think you'll see once the season dies down, we'll see a lot more Mm -hmm. and we'll have that in our off season shows. Um, right. But Mostly Heisman and National Championship coming up, which we will preview in part three. Yeah. Just stick around, and we'll be right back. The Capstone, 90.7 FM, WVUA. Welcome back, y'all, for the final segment of the Fourth and Goal podcast. Y'all know part three has always had a special place in my heart with predictions. And as I was just talking with Brandon, um, I can't really say that anymore unless you guys want to predict Alabama and Ohio State. (laughs) But um, I think y'all know how we feel about that. So we're going to call this more of a natty review segment. Yeah, we're we're both picking Ohio State. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) 
for me to be able to beat Brandon, I need to like get like one more like ups on him. So I'm going to actually cheer for the Buckeyes on Monday. So <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a joke, everyone. I would never cheer against the Tide. Anyways, let's just go into this. Alabama versus Ohio State. Brandon, just lay it out. What the highs, the lows, what are we expecting? Okay. So I want to start out, I think – this is going uh, – this isn't even an expert take. This is purely what it's going to be. This is an offensive game. There's one. There's two offenses who have great running backs, great receivers, and a great quarterback. Simple as that. Um, there's athletes all over the field. Don't – I'm not saying that the defense isn't going to play well. There's going to be a lot of points, but there's also going to be some good defense on the field. Uh, there's some really good matchups. Um, Chris Olave, their best wide receiver, probably going up against Malachi Moore, Patrick Sertain one of our better cornerbacks. I think that's going to be really interesting, especially to see how we defend him and how much um, Justin Fields goes to him in a time of crisis. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see how our defensive line and our front seven line up against their front seven um, on offense. And if we can get pressure and contain Justin Fields because he is somewhat of a running threat. Right. Um, now that'll depend on his health. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. Um, I think that's going to be interesting. So, you know, this is going to be a good game. There's these two teams are very similar and well matched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is going to be a fight. It, it, that's the thing is this is seriously going to be a fight to the end. Like this is not going to be one of those games like, you know, where there's just a clear winner. I mean, it's going to be like fourth quarter, it, a showdown. At least I hope it is. I mean, it's a national championship game. Like, obviously, Bama will come out on top, but, I mean, it needs to be a good game. You know, these are two very deserving teams to be playing this game. So. Yeah, I I think it's really just going to come down to who can make the other team make a mistake. (laughs) And it's really just going to be who can make – who's going to make the other one make a mistake. And and obviously there's there's some factors that we will talk about in a second that could change that possibly. Well, and here's, okay, I mean, we all know from watching the game against Clemson that Justin Fields got a super bad hit. I mean, super painful, super bad. It was bad. But there, I just don't think there's any way. I think they're going to do whatever needs to be done to make sure he's their quarterback on Monday. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no, Justin Fields does not sit out of the natty. I just, that's just not going to happen. If you don't think he's getting, like, six cortisone shots in the ropes before the game, you're yeah. insane. Now, listen. Justin, there could be a headline after this game where Justin Fields has, like, 12 broken ribs, even though he only has, like, 11. But, right. I, like, he he is going to feel no pain going into that game. No. I can promise you that. Well, and just think about it, too. Just, like, even, like, the game last weekend, like, when it happened to him, you could tell he was in so much pain. And then halftime happened, and he came back out and was just, you know – just, he was okay. I'm like, what did y'all boost up in him in there? <laughs> Tra- training staff did a pretty good job on that. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, Justin Fields, great player, and credit to him. He's got some guts. Kid's got some guts. Um, yeah. And he'll continue to have that in this game. Um, but it will be interesting to see how they respond, how he responds more so. Um, and how he can withstand the rest of this game. Um, you know, and I'll take you back to the last one of the last times that this has happened where a quarterback has gotten injured prior to the national championship was 2009. Alabama was playing Texas. Colt McCoy got a little tweaked in his last game with the shoulder and midway through the second quarter took a sack and was out for the rest of the game. Um, I'm not saying that'll happen. I'm just saying that's something to look out for because it is a possibility, and it's a possibility for really anyone. I mean, both of these teams are pretty banged up. they played tough games, and it, it can happen to anyone. So it'll be interesting to see, but I don't – I wouldn't count Justin Fields out. I don't think it's going to – I wouldn't even a little bit count Justin Fields out. He will be in this game. No matter what they got to do, he'll be feeling good, and he will make it through. Now, he might be in a super big amount of pain come Tuesday – but but Monday he's gonna be fine. <laughs> Tuesday might be a little rest day for Justin, yeah. but regardless of the outcome of the game, right? <laughs> so, um, but the you know the one guy you got to look out for on their team is Trey Sermon. The running back is so good, right. so good. Um, right. 
So it's going to be – Bama's got – they got to stop the run, and they have a lot this year. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. That's um, sure. Yeah. But – but Alabama has some injury statuses of their own. And that me and that injury status is that Jalen Waddle, as of today, is in his second day of practice in the Alabama uniform. What do you think that means? <laughs> I think I don't want to speculate because listen, if I'm Jalen Waddle, it's tough. If it I'm Jalen Waddle, I haven't never won the national. I haven't won the national championship. This is probably my last year I'm playing in Alabama because I'm definitely going like top ten in the draft. Um, so there is that desire to play in the national championship. However, he's coming off a tough ankle injury um, that can easily be re-injured and hurt his draft stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid's got to get paid. But well, I don't and know. That's, that's the thing. You know, like you have to think like as Alabama fans, do we want Waddle to play? Absolutely. You know, but it's like, it's just thinking like, is it, is it his best decision or is it not, you know, like at this point, but then, you know, you think about it too. What if he doesn't play? And I mean, when we win the natty and he doesn't play, you know, I mean, think about the regret you would have from that if you could, you know what I mean? So it's like, then also you got to think about the rest of your life after this, you want to go pro, you don't want to get re-injured when you're a top 10 recruit, you know, it's just like, it's very, it's a very much lot to think about. Very much lot about it that made no sense but it's a lot to think about <laughs> yeah um what would you do if you're Jalen Waddle what are you doing on Monday are you playing or are you playing it safe well I'm going to answer that based on the information we have mm-hmm. he's practicing and he's day-to-day to that to right. me if I'm it, like if I have this injury and then, and like with that information, I think he's playing. Why would you practice? It, it, like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. The draft is in four months. Take another month off. Start getting ready for the combine. I just don't think he would be practicing now to not play. Now, he could be practicing, and the athletic training staff maybe says, you know, Jalen, it, it's probably not. You know, you don't look that great right now. Right. We're a little worried about you. Maybe you shouldn't play, and advise him not to. Mm-hmm. But to me, if, 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 if Alabama's releasing that he's day-to-day, he's cleared, and he's practicing, that, that point's all signs. 17 is going to be outside, and he's going to be cooking some defensive back down the field. Yeah. Now, with that, I will say, if Jalen Waddle does play, John Mechie might have four touchdowns. Solid point. Because <laughs> they are <laughs> going to triple both of, the, <laughs> both of those wide receivers. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, Jalen Waddle's back yeah. on the outside. Smitty goes exactly. back into the slot. Mechie's right. still there. And then we have Billingsley, who's proven himself as a good tight end now, who's basically a wide receiver. I mean, the tight end, he's a tight end who returns kickoffs for us. This would be absolutely insane. I, I, I think he needs to play. I think this is going to be an absolute showdown. Seriously, yeah, if he plays, can you imagine? I mean, it's just going to be touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. I mean, it's going to be like, I mean, because you have all of them out there. <laughs> like, the, the, only thing, the only thing about that is if he does play, it's going to be interesting to see how limited or not limited he is. Because yeah. what the best thing for Waddle is he is so quick and can beat a receiver down the field. Now, we really haven't seen Jalen Waddle underneath, like mm-hmm. underneath running slot routes, slant routes, whatever. So it depends on his limit limitations because I could also see Alabama just putting him in and maybe not using him as much and using him underneath and maybe just using him more as a decoy so that Devontae can get open, which might work. But if it's true, if it's true Jalen model, I like our chances. If it's not true Jalen model, I mean, I like our chances regardless, but if it's true Jalen model on the field, yeah, I, I like us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I it's really like wild. him, though. Yeah. I, I do like him a lot. Yeah. I do, too. So. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of crazy how this is all shaping up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but so i mean it's crazy out shaping up and it's crazy that we've like made it to the end you know what i mean i mean this is it yeah and, monday and is the national championship it's our senior year we won it our freshman year of college how wild would it be if we went out on a bang winning it our last year of college oh my so. god it'd be so bad it'd just be so great i'd probably i'll probably cry on monday I'd probably, I'd cry as well I, it'll just be like such like a emotion you know what i mean like we won this is it we're graduating and our team just won the national championship so much to think about but i'm just excited i'm excited to be back in tuscaloosa to watch it go down um it's just gonna be good it's gonna be a good game it's gonna be both teams are filled with super talented players and it's gonna be a really good showdown to watch that i'm just gonna say it will end with us storming the strip again <laughs> you know they painted an a in like the little um intersection by buffalo Phils. oh they fun. showed it on the basketball game last night i was like and one of my friends was here and they were like Oh, that's kind of cool if you have that A painted in the in the intersection. I'm like, we have literally never had that in the four years I've been to college. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, <guess>. what? <laughs> he was like, really? I was like, yes. I was like, I've never seen that. Yeah. I was like, that has to be new. Right. <laughs> but, uh, well. Should we end it on one last thing that we wanted to talk about? Yes. Well, not really the one last thing, but whatever. Um, like you said. It's crazy that we got here. Um, and what really needs to happen is from everyone, from a fan's perspective, from us as media members and all the media members' perspective, um, that thank you needs to go out to college football. The people in charge, the players, yes. the fans, all the workers who did a great job to make sure that this season could continue mm -hmm. and did continue in the safest way possible. Yeah, there were some ups and downs of COVID. There were games canceled. There was this, that, the other thing. But but we absolutely did the best we could. And thank you. Yeah, seriously. Like you're saying, thank you to everyone because this year would not have been the same without college football. It, it, just it wouldn't have. have. So, you know, we wouldn't be here. Um, we wouldn't have had the experience that we had. Right. So um, a shout out to everyone. Yeah. For making this, happen. this was, this was awesome. Um, so thank you to everyone involved. Thank you to the families of the players who, I know we know that have sacrificed holidays and seeing their children um, in order to make sure that this ran as smooth as possible. Yep. Um, so we'd like to thank you. And we'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in, listening to us. We're You're just, the best. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just a bunch of stupid, we're two stupid college students to talk about football. And the fact that you guys take time out of your day to listen to us, we can't thank you enough. We're very um, grateful. Hopefully we entertain you. Uh, this is not a goodbye though. We're still going to keep this going no matter what, yes. but we this wanted to thank you. And a thank you, but we're not leaving. This is not a goodbye. We'll see you next week. People <laughs> like Nick Saban said in 2009, when he thanked all the fans and the players, this is, this is not a goodbye. This is just the beginning. Oh, that's a good one. Here we are five national championships later. Hopefully I love six. That. That's it for the 4th and Goal podcast. We're getting sidetracked. We'll see you after the game. Roll Tide. Let's go beat the Buckeyes. Roll Tide. We love you all. Let's win a natty. Let's get it.